Every week we chat to ex-players, supporters and invited guests here on Belmont Banter. Welcome to the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC, whose main club sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. Hello everyone and welcome to Belmont Banter and in this week's edition we've got, um, well let's say an old old friend, only in the sense that he's not been around in the UK for a while, 11 years since he last lived in the UK, it's Andy Skinner. Morning Andy. How you going Tony, good to see, good to see you mate, and great you. to see you. And you. It's, a, it's actually, just so you know, it's actually 14 years since I left England. Oh wow. <laughs> 14 years, yeah. Oh yeah. right, okay. So well, Where does the time a, go? Oh, I know, it's flown by, absolutely flown by. Your life out there now, you were telling me just now off air, it's uh, it's just the golden place to live. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. The lifestyle's really nice. It's uh, it's all outdoor living, which we like. It's quite warm most of the year. We do get a cold days. We get a bit of frost and that in the winter. But generally, if it's cold in the morning, it can still be quite warm and 15, 16 degrees in the afternoon. So uh, it's uh, it's a lovely place to be, yeah, it really is. So. I understand the only downside for you is you're about 300 miles from the beach, aren't you? <laughs> 300 yards. Ah, 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 ah. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's a two and a half minute walk to the end of my road and then we're on the beach. That's lovely. It's beautiful, yeah. Uh, and work-wise, you're, you're quite happy work-wise? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm a project manager for a security company. So I, I look after pretty much all of the large, most, I've done quite a lot of the large projects in and around Australia, or South Australia, should I say. I've just finished a project in the new casino that's been built wow. um, in the city. And um, that was a two year project. So uh, yeah, I've just, uh, we just uh, finished that one and got that over the line. We're just uh, finishing off all the paperwork and commissioning there. So that's that's been a big, big, big job. But yeah, for the last 10 years, I've been working in and around South Australia uh, done a little bit in the mines, which was quite good. Yeah, so it's been it's been really good for me over here at the moment. Really good. That's fantastic. So the family settled in well. And family so. boys, what have you, girls, boys, how many you got? I've uh, got Ben. Ben's uh, 28 now and Leanna's 24. Oh, so. my goodness me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can remember the two, the two little ones that used to run around the ground. So, uh. I can. Incredible. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Ben's a, a he's a class A electrician, and Leanna's a property manager for a real estate company. Oh, fantastic, so, fantastic. Um, and you mentioned yeah. Ben. How's Dad been? Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's all right. He's uh, he's coping well. Um, he he was playing golf still twice a week, but now I think you're in the lockdown and everything else, so that will be uh, knocked on the head. Um, but yeah, he's he's generally in good spirits, so he's good. He was a terrific supporter of you when you were playing because he, oh, ver- he very rarely missed a game, did he? No, definitely, yeah. Never, pretty much, never ever. Really. My mum and my dad followed me everywhere, really, which was which was good. We, you know, like a lot of a lot of the lads had their mums and dads that followed them, which was which was yeah. good. But luckily for me, it meant I could bring my kids along, so uh, it gave the missus a break for a few hours every Saturday and and Sunday sometimes as well. So uh, yeah, no, they, they've always been a big supporter for me. It's been good. It was good. Okay, so, well, uh, you you just touched on Sundays as well, Sunday football. Let's go back to when you very first started playing. You're a Lordswood lad. Were, mm-hmm. Did you always live in Lordswood? Yep, lived in Lordswood all my life. I was born in Gillingham, but moved there when I was one year old. And uh, I started playing for Lordswood Kestrels. So Lordswood Sports and Social Club hadn't really been built. No. And Lordswood Kestrels was just a local team that uh, one of the dads was getting together and uh, I went for trials one day when I was 10 and then pretty soon after that Lordswood Sports and Social Club was um, was was started 
and they still called them Lords of Kestrels. And I played for them with my, my mate's my mate's dad was the manager. So from the age of what uh, ten to I was fourteen, I played for Lordswood, and then I went to Real Sixty, which is another like team, quite a big team club that was in and around the Medway towns until I was sixteen, and then uh, played for Medway and with Jason Lillis and Ivan Haynes, to name a few, yeah. in my day and Ian Docker, and then when I was sixteen, I trialled for Arsenal, and I never made it, obviously, and uh, it pretty much. Uh, Broke me a little bit, really. I gave up football for two years and uh, threw myself into golf until I was about uh, 18. And then just by sheer chance, I was working with a guy that was the uh, assistant manager at Maidstone United, Reserves. And the manager then was Johnny Adams. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know, you know Johnny Adams. Remember the name, yeah. So uh, anyway, he, he got me to go along and play for He said he was the manager of a Sunday team in Maidstone called Merriworth. Never heard of them. They were a little village team. Went along on a Sunday morning, had a kick around, fell in love again. And then a week later, he got me to go training with Maidstone. And then, yeah, I played for in got into the Maidstone Reserves and played there for a season. And that's where it went again. So after that, I then went, went to Chatham. I had a season at Chatham when I would have been about, what, 19. Uh, where did we go after that? After Chatham. Who was the manager um, at Chatham? Can you remember? Yeah, Arthur Irvine was the manager oh, at right. Chatham then. Um, and that was when they were in a little bit of the financial situation and the club was looking like it was going to go under and um, but it, 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 it survived as we know yeah. I went from there I then went to, to play for Oakwood in Maidstone oh. just back down into the local yeah. local leagues uh, into the Kent like the Kent League Mark Lane was the goalkeeper back then for Oakwood Believe it or not, um, we had some, yeah we had some good players and Steve Megson was it was another Gary Megson's cousin. Yeah, Gary, Gary Megson used to play from uh, yeah yeah. So uh, yeah, I played there for about three seasons I think, and then uh, we had some good success, won a few cups and leagues, and then I went to Lordswood, and in the following season Lordswood applied to go into the Kent League, which they got accepted, yeah. and uh, I had a few seasons with with Lordswood in the Kent League, and then. I had a phone call from John Roseman and uh, asking me if I'd like to come and play for Whitstable. And I said yes. But then uh, I got a phone call from Steve Hearn from Chatham, who'd just been made the Chatham manager. And uh, he wanted me to go and play for Chatham. So I decided to go and play for Chatham. And that was a, John Roseman was a little bit annoyed, <laughs> as you can imagine. He was a fiery, fiery character. He actually came around my house one Saturday and he said, oh, I've come to sign you to Whitstable. And uh, I said, oh, there's a bit of a problem there, John. And he went, yeah, I know, you're going to sign for Chatham, aren't you? So he'd obviously got wind of it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, suffice to say, I, uh, I signed for Chatham that year, which, which was a good, good, good uh, decision because we won the league. Got promoted and I didn't really fancy the, the travelling around. So uh, John Roseman rang me again and I said, yes. And I'm not kidding when I say this. <laughs> Well, I got a phone call from Jimmy Ward, who had just taken over at Maidstone. And he said, uh, I'd like you to come and play for me at Maidstone. And I just thought, well, I can't do it to Johnny twice. <laughs> and uh, and I I said no to Jimmy Ward yeah. and uh, signed for Whitstable. So, uh, and I knew Gary Allen as well. It was his number two down there. and, and uh, But I didn't know any of the other boys, to be fair, yeah. apart from when I played against them, obviously. And then, uh, yeah, I signed signed that, that to a season and played there for 
two seasons, I think, two, two yeah. and a bit seasons before I went back to Lordswood and uh, finished my career in England at Lordswood. So, but although I'm a Lordswood boy through and through and I've played at some good clubs, yeah. I have to say Whitstable was always my favourite place. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on the on yeah. this chat. Um, the people that run it, um, you know, Joe, Bruce, unfortunately no longer with us, yourself, Pops, the physio, um, Lovely man. Dave, yeah. supporters, yeah. Josie, um, I'm sorry, I can't remember Bruce's wife's name. Connie. Um, Connie. Connie um, uh, George yeah. on the gate. Yeah. We've just um, lost George. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad told me that, yeah. that uh, I saw it as well, that, that we'd lost him, unfortunately. So it was just a great place to come. It was a great, great club, great ground. I liked that. I always loved the ground anyway. And they always made me and my, my kids and my family feel welcome. George was always there to greet you when you turned up. And he always knew not to let the kids out the gate under no circumstances, so I never had to worry about that. So, uh, yeah, and I had some great, great times there at Whitstable. We had, you know, we, we got in the cup final that year, and yeah. uh, so I think Johnny Johnny was the manager, and then he left under, for some reason just before the end of the season, like that first season, I think, and and Braggy took over. He did, yeah. Um, Jason Bragg took over, and then uh, uh, he had the, Johnny got the London boys down, so we had Steve Soji, uh, Neville Gordon, yeah. uh, Razor, well, Raymond, yeah. can't remember his surname. Yeah. And uh, and then, like I say, Andy Keir, Ada Burrows. I can't remember Dal, the young lad Dal, the blonde there. I can't remember his surname. Dal Wicketts. Wicketts, that's him. Dal Wicketts. So, uh, Billy McCarthy, Jason Bragg, obviously. So, yeah. we had we had a really good side, really. And, I, and you know, I thought we should have done, we, oh, maybe if we'd have stayed together a bit longer, we may have done some good things. But, um, yeah, I've always got uh, one of my best memories is actually getting the Nigerian World Cup shirt from Steve Soji. And I don't know if you remember this, but we were playing Greenwich Borough in the semi-final of the cup that we got to play Maidstone in the final at Folkestone. Yes. And at the start of the season, Steve Soji had turned up training, training, pre-season training with a Nigerian World Cup top. And obviously, Effie's brother played for Nigeria in the World Cup in, in, I think it was South Korea, I think it was. Yes. And uh, I said to Steve, oh, that's a smart shirt. Can you get me one? And he, kept, he said, yeah, no worries. I'll get you one. I'll get you one. It went on all year. I kept saying to him, where's my shirt? Anyway, <laughs> when we were playing Greenwich Borough in the semi-final, he was getting changed and he always wore it underneath his shirt. And I said to him, Steve, look, when are you going to get me my Nigerian shirt? And he said, and he said, if I score today, you can have this shirt, okay? So everybody started laughing because Soji hadn't scored all year, so... There was no chance of me getting this shirt. <laughs> anyway, Steve Soji only goes and scores. And as soon as he scored, and I, and I know you, you know because you gave me all the photographs oh, and I've still right, got okay, them. Yeah. With, yeah. So, I've, um, so what happened was he scored and he turned round and I turned round and we run towards each other and I took my shirt off and he took his shirt off. He threw me the Nigerian shirt, which I put on and then put my Whitstable shirt back on over the top. And off we went, and I remember all of the the uh, Greenwich Borough players looking around, going, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then the following week, you gave me a set of photographs because I got the person at the match had taken them in stages where he took his shirt off. I took them, and, and I've got them all, as, and until I put them back on again, and away we went. So, oh, how magic! Oh. That, I don't know if you remember as well, but when the when we played Maystone in the final, Effie yeah. Soji actually came to the game. Yes. And he presented the awards that night because we had our presentation night that same oh, night. Yeah, I do remember him coming down. 
Yeah, well, Effie presented the awards, uh, like the presentation, yeah. and I got him to sign the shirt for me. Oh, fabulous. So I've got it framed with the photographs, so it's got a bit of a story to it. Oh, so, how uh, lovely, how lovely. So, yeah, so um, and my, other, my other thing I'll always be grateful to Joe and Bruce is that they gave me the world, the uh, FA Cup final tickets when Arsenal played Southampton. Oh. And uh, knowing that Joe was, I think Joe and Bruce were both Arsenal supporters as well. Um, mainly Bruce, more than mainly Joe. Bruce. Yeah, mainly okay, Bruce. Well, well it, they they cut, they pulled me aside after one game and said, look, we've got the tickets, would, would you like them? So it gave me a chance to take my son, Ben, to our first ever FA Cup final down at Millennium Stadium. And uh, when we beat Southampton 1-0, so that, that was something else I'll always be... Uh, very, very grateful. Oh wow! Um, to ball Town. So um, yeah, nice. yeah, it was nice it's good. Great, oh, it's great, absolutely brilliant. Well, you'd get yeah, on well really, with my really son-in-law because uh, he's a fanatical Arsenal supporter. Is he? Oh, oh, we're having yeah. a bit of a rough time at the moment. Well, yeah, <laughs> but listen to this: my son supports Tottenham, so you can imagine what it, you can imagine what it's like when there's game on in my house. Oh God. <laughs> It's yeah. terrible. And honestly, my son-in-law, more than my... No, I say they're about both the same. They're not good losers. Oh, so, right, you know, yeah. And there's one going, yes! And the other one the other one wants to walk outside and throw yeah. himself under a bus. Yeah, I bet, I bet. It's crazy. So, uh, yeah, so that, that was it. And I thought, as you know, once I... I think uh, we had another season there under Tomsey. And then it was good. He brought in Mark Seeger, which was good. I was good to play for with Mark. And then I went back to Lordswood, where I finished my time in uh, in England. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. And then when I came to Australia, I carried on playing for another two years. Oh, good. And the first season, well, it's funny because the first I literally finished pre-season training with Lordswood, so I was pretty fit. Came over here and thought, oh, I'm going to get straight into this, not realising that their season's around the other way. So their oh, season had finished and yeah. we were just we were just coming into to the, <laughs> to the summer. And, uh, yeah, so uh, I sort of wasn't going to bother. And then I just I sort of fell into playing for a team and uh, I was still fit, pretty fit, really enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, the first season I played, we got promoted and I won South Australian State League Player of the Year. So, uh, oh my goodness was, me! Yeah, it, it was great. It was brilliant. So, it was, uh, and I still wow. had my long throw back. I still had my long throwing back then as well. So, oh uh, yeah, that was quality, used, wasn't it? That used to take some people by surprise. Yeah, I, I bet that did. Yeah, you really. Yeah, they'd never seen that, it. They'd you? never seen anything like it. I don't think so. Uh, no, it's really good. The only other good, person so. that used it as a real weapon like you did was Aaron Lacey at Maidstone. He did. Yeah, it there's as well. actually another one as well. Do you remember Gary Lee? Yes, I do. Well, me and me and Gary Lee grew up pretty much together through school, and we used to practice our throw-ins outside my house. And we used to we used to throw it, and we had to hit the fence full on. Yeah. Before we could move back and move back and move back and move back until we got to the point where we could be the other side of the road and still reach the the fence. So wow. we we sort of learned. Yeah, we sort of learned um, together. So when we were playing through school. He'd take him on one side, and I'd take him on the other side. So, uh, yeah, we uh, he, he was he was just as just as long. And like I say, Aaron Lacey as well, yeah, young good. lad that uh, was at Lordswood. He was playing with me at Lordswood as well when I uh, when he first started playing men's football. So, oh, right. good lad, really yeah, good nice lad. lad. So, uh, you know yeah. what? Maidstone, yeah. Maidstone really used it as a weapon because it must have been drilled into them. Because the minute the ball went out, obviously Aaron was going to get the ball. Whoever was mm. on the side, they'd throw the ball to him. 
he'd run, well, you did the same, run for the sidelines, yeah, yeah, and the exactly team was the on the move straight away. Exactly, yeah, yeah. It, and it's exactly what we did, what happened when I came to Australia. We had this guy called Sean Smith, who was like a rabbit, grease lightning. Like, he was so fast. And he knew that if I got the ball anywhere between our, 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 our 18-yard box and the halfway line, he just had to run because it was going straight over the top. And the amount of goals that that kid used to score just from running on and, and knocking him in. Because once he was so fast, no one could catch him. So, and he, he was a really good footballer. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's pretty, it was pretty good. So, really good. So. Right. Just refresh me and say it again. You were the player of the year for where? So, it was South Australian yeah. State League Player of the Year. My goodness me. <laughs> Yeah, how so, many teams um, would be in that? That's that's like uh, bigger than the Cape oh, League, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. So um, basically what happens is, and it's it's really good. This is one of the things I was really impressed with over here. The referee chooses a first, second and a third from each from the teams that he's refereeing as votes. And then at the end of the year, they all get added up. So the referee is actually the person who chooses the best player and so you get three for first two for second one for third That's good. and then they have this big awards night in the town in the town hall in the city where all of the teams come and it's like the oscars it's there's like tables of eight and all of the players who have been and i didn't know nothing about this and as, as blase as it seems the boys would say to me at training oh, i saw they read in the past oh, i saw you got best on ground again on at the weekend and i go what does that mean and they go oh, the referee i said oh that's pretty good didn't really think anything of it. And then when it got to the end of the season, the season was over, the, the, the chairman came to me and said, you've been invited to the end of year presentation night because you got the most votes in the club to go. So you get a free yeah. dinner. So I said to Tanya, do you want to come? And she said, look, I used to go, I hate going to the presentation nights in England because all the blokes would go up to the bar and no one would see you for the rest of the night. <laughs> you think I'm going to go to Australia, <laughs> go somewhere where I know nobody, and you're just going to bugger off all night, you've got another thing coming. And it was 95 bucks to take her. So she said, no, I won't go. I said, oh, that's fair enough. When I got there and I saw this, it was like, I can't believe it. It's like the Oscars. Like, it was all sit-down dinner. They show all of the games, that, that like the, 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 the points, and they show a picture of the player. And it's going through, and... And I was just sitting there and I was so, what was going on? And yeah, I was yeah, so yeah, taken yeah. about with the atmosphere and everything. And, it, and then I had, oh, Andy Skinner, three points, blah, blah. Anyway, it got halfway through and I had, I always remember, I had 21 points after 10 games. And uh, when it got to the rest of them, it, after the whole of the night, the person that comes second had 19 points. And I, and I remember sitting there thinking, God, if I didn't play any more games for the rest of the season, I would have still, I would have still had the most points. And I still wasn't aware what happens when this happens. And uh, so I'm sitting there and they've gone, uh, oh, this year's State League player here, Andy Skinner. And it had the picture on it. And I was sitting there thinking, oh, that's pretty cool. And my manager was looking at me, he's going, well, go on. I'm going, what do you mean? He says, you've got to go up to the stage. And, I, and I, that's when I was like, God, what do you have to do? So you walk all the way down up on the stage. Oh. And and the, the the medal's called the Ivan Milosevic medal. Now I don't know. He used to play. He was a uh, used to play for Australia, but he was from um, Czech Republic back in the day. And uh, so he was a professional footballer, like um, all his. Uh, and he sponsored this medal, so he actually presented you with the medal and the silver tray and everything. And uh, and I was sitting there thinking, oh God, what am I going to say? 
So just making it up on the fly. Thank you very much. Been, you know, thank the sponsors. Trying to get out as quick as possible. And before I could go, they said, oh, Andy, before you go, look, we, we know you played in England. We'd like to know what it's like to play in the UK. So, of course, then it, it, you get into talking about, because we get to play in the FA Cup. Yes. And to them, that's like, they think when you've played in the FA Cup, you've played in the FA Cup. Like the real, final, like the yeah, final, yeah. And, you know, they don't realise it's 25 games just to get <laughs> get to play yeah. a team. And because uh, Australia is just too big to have anything like that. The, everything's really state-driven, apart from obviously the Adelaides and Melbourne victory and that that play each other nationally. So it was really, and it was like a question and answer session. And uh, it, it was really, in the end, it was really good. I was, I was like really enjoying myself. And you come off stage and then you do a television interview as well. So you're on TV. <laughs> And then the next two days later, I got a phone call. Said, "Oh, we want to do a radio interview. Can you can you be on your phone at this time?" So I was in my work van on the phone doing a radio interview. It was it's like bloody. It was amazing. Like they do it properly. They really do do it properly. That's and um, it was it was it was pretty good. So it was it was a bit of a bit of a uh, a really good experience. So uh, um, yeah. But as I say, retired now, but I still play. Oh, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> I still play five aside twice a week. So, you know what, um, Andy, just listening to you then, you, you're no big time Charlie, like you know, you don't put yourself about as being the best of the best and all that sort of nonsense. No, I should imagine no, well, that really did blow your mind, didn't it? One of the things that one of the things that I never chased the money in the UK ever, I never, I never went to play for teams for money. I always played for teams because the club or the players that were there, I wanted to play with. And it wasn't that um, and everybody gets um, it's everybody, you know, they get offers. But and it wasn't I didn't get offers to go and play for other clubs, you know, Sittingbourne, Dulwich Hamlets, uh, Maidstone. And, and there was other clubs that, that put in seven days for me when I was around. But it never interested me to, to go and play. I wanted to play with the people I knew, really. Yeah. Maybe that's that's a fault on my part. But, um, yeah, I was never I was never a. Never, never went just to play. You know, oh, let's go and play for them because they're going to pay you two hundred pound a week or whatever, trying to pound a game. But would you really enjoy it as much? Maybe once you get to know the guys. But I was always a club, club and first, and uh, that's one of the reasons yeah. Whitstable was really in my heart, if you want. And Lords would always will be. Yeah. Um, but but Whitstable just made you so feel so welcome, and the people there were were, were just amazing, you know, and the players as well. You know, Ada Burrows and Andy Keir and that. They were, they were just and, and even the London the boy the, the London boys as we call them um, and even when Mo Mo Caddy came down I thought that guy was a psychopath but <laughs> but 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 when you got to know him and you went out of him he was the best best guy to hang around with like he was a real good like the, the like Soji and the boys like when you used to go to nightclub and that was one of the other things like with with pops if he knew we were going out he always used to leave the gate on the latch say when you come back boys do not get in your cars come and sleep in the caravan in the garden for the night and then you can go home in the morning, you know, and, and that, that sort of thing, you know, that really means a lot to, yeah. to the players really, you know, and it's as well. So, um, yeah, you, can't, yeah, put, no, you yeah. can't put a price on that sort of stuff. can no, you? No, definitely not. You know, and, and, um, and even with Lordswood, you know, I grew up with, with, with all of the guys that run, you know, Dave Sims, Ronnie Constantine, Alan Broad, uh, Jimmy Day, Mickey Ryder, all of the guys that started Lordswood club back in the day, you know, and I grew up with them and their kids as well. So, and even like Ray Broad, when Ray Broad come to Whitstable for a, he come yes. down for a season. You know, he was a Lordswood boy through and th through and through. His dad 
I'm surprised your dad let him leave Whitstable and come uh, leave Lawford and come to Whitstable, to be honest with you. But there you go, you know. So he, he loved it as well while he was there. So that's um, fantastic. Yeah, um, great I'm, times. I'm glad you've um, you've highlighted Lawford again. You know, pleased that you spoke about Whitstable, but I always mm. like Lawford as a club. Well run, nice people there. Always yeah, got a good yeah. welcome. Always got yeah, a good yeah, welcome. definitely. And the yeah, pitch was yeah. always pretty decent, to be honest. Well, I mean, I don't, but that, that pitch. Um, when I from oh god when I from eight nine ten eleven years old yeah. every every Sunday morning before we did training all of the teams up to the under sixteens used to dig stones out of them pitches so that that so that I don't know if you know the history of that place but all of those pitches were farmers uh, were woods were, were actually that was a forest all right and Alan Broad Jimmy Day Mickey Ryder they all cut the trees down. And got it all cleared. And it originally used to be the cricket pitch, where the cricket pitch is now at the front of the clubhouse. Well, that used to be the cricket pitch and the football pitch. All together. And yeah. that whole area, we used to spend an hour every Sunday morning digging out flints. And if you actually walk around the outside of that pitch, you'll see mounds and mounds of flints, where all the stones used to get taken to the side and thrown in a in a pit. So between the, the woods and the car park yeah. is all flints, all mountains, yeah. all mounds of flints all around the outside. And that, that's how it became such a nice pitch that's cool. um, because we spent weeks, years digging out stones out of that, out of that ground. So, uh, and then well, obviously they bought, bought the field behind it and that's where yeah. the stadium is yeah. now. So I don't know if um, you, how long is it since you've been to the ground? Which divorce? No, Lord's or Lordswoods. I went there last when I came back last year. Oh, you did. Oh, so you know now yeah, that they got a patunk pitch there and just going into the into yeah. the yeah. Oh, on the left hand side. Yeah, on the left -hand yeah, side. yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, that's been there for years. That was there when I was there. Oh, was it? So that yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that was there when I was there. Yeah. All right. Okay. So um, yeah, those those gravel patunk pitches on the left hand side as you walk in and then turn right yeah, into the well, gate. When you were mentioning the gravel, I thought, yeah, I know where a lot of that gravel's gone. Yes, it's down yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was actually one of my what we wanted to do was I wanted to come down to see which the ball while I was there. Yeah. But I just didn't get time. It like I was only there for seven days. Yeah. And um you don't get it, do you? Well, there's a few guys I work used to work with in Australia that went back to England, so I caught up with them and that plus I went to see Arsenal as well we? on the Sunday. Uh, no, it was two all with Crystal Palace. Let's not even go there. The VAR okay. killed that no, game. That. <laughs> the VAR killed that game. They've got to get rid of the VAR. <laughs> <laughs> Never did anything like it. It was two all. It was two yeah. all, but it was a good day. It was not it's the first time I've been to the Emirates as well. So um never got to go while I was in England. So um yeah, my son-in-law uh, took me there and uh, we ended up, he, he paid 50 quid for the tickets and it was right up in the gods. What I, yeah. I couldn't even see the pitch properly. I had to keep asking him because he knew all the players. <laughs> I said, who's got the ball now? Who's yeah, got the ball? Yeah, yeah. Well, I actually had tickets to the first ever game there, um, Dennis Burkamp's testimonial. And it was the same day that my container was turning up to pack my house up to emigrate to Australia. Oh. So uh, I couldn't go. No, you I was couldn't. gutted. Got <laughs> Yeah, right, well, let me go. We'll, so, um, um, we better we, we we better cut it up <laughs> shortly now. But I tell you what, Andy, that's been quite a trip, quite a journey. You're you have mm. been on a journey, haven't you? Oh, it, it's been you know like I say, football was always my life. I still, uh, yeah, that, that 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 not making. I've still got my letter to this day signed by Terry Neal, who was the Arsenal manager at the time, inviting me for the trial. Yeah. So. Um, it, after that, not making it. Um, I, I think if I had my time again, I would do things a bit different. I wouldn't have just 
stopped, I would have gone back to Gillingham and probably tried my chances there because Jason Lillis, Ivan Haynes, Ian Docker and Roy Howells all went and made it. And me and Gary Lee were the only ones who didn't. Mm. Uh, I didn't because I knew I was going to Arsenal. Didn't even think I weren't going to get in. How stupid am I? And Gary Lee didn't even wasn't even bothered. And I would say that Gary Lee was probably the best player out of all of us it's back weird, in the day. It's weird. It, it, yeah, you know, and um, he he was you know he, he was probably the best player I always thought out of us. But uh, would I do it something? Maybe maybe do it different. Like I think I was uh, maybe a bit more commitment and a bit more um, confidence would have been more what was I was a bit lacking in confidence when I was a bit younger. I was always worried about other players instead of worrying about myself. Um, and how good they were. So uh, yeah, maybe maybe if I had a chance again, I'd, I'd do things maybe a bit different. But well, you, you just—I um, I mean, I've had quite a few. We've done over thirty of these now. One of the players was on, and he was highlighting exactly what you said. And he said, "I wish I could tell my fifteen-year-old self what I know now." And he said, "And I'd have done things so differently." But yeah. it's experience, isn't it? Yeah, of course, it's hindsight is the best thing, isn't it? You yeah, know, it is. I try telling my son now, my daughter things and they just tell me to get where to go you know what do you know so and I and I and it's and I can hear myself them in me like I was telling my dad you know? <laughs> my dad would tell me something I go ah, what do you know you know like, <laughs> and, I, and I'm going through it myself so yeah we will go through it <laughs> yeah we do we do well next time so, you get on the phone remind me remember me to dad because uh I, I, yeah, no, I will. I've already told I've already told him that um, we were going to do this. So when when the link comes out to the podcast, I'll I'll uh, forward it to my dad because he'll be about, uh, he'd, he'd love two to. or three weeks before it comes out. But once it does, I'll send it to you straight. No up. worries. All right. Okay, that, wrap be great, it up there, Tony. Andy. Really, really good. Yeah, no, it. Thank you very much, Tony. It's been an absolute pleasure to uh, to talk to you and see you again. Um, you haven't changed a bit, mate. <laughs> you look exactly the same. <laughs> Where's the hair gone? Where's the hair gone? You're the one who hasn't changed. Well, do you know what? Give it four months ago, I was I lost my hair. I um I had a allergic reaction to a um a, a flu jab. Wow! And uh, my hair fell out in clumps. I had to shave it because I looked like I had something wrong with me. And right. uh, it's grown back now, but it came back grey to start with, and uh, and it's grown back into the original colour. So it was a bit worrying. Boy. I can yeah. tell. I can tell. It's a bit scary. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I look like you. <laughs> <laughs> you rotter. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Andy. We better wrap it up there. So, well, it, it was it was one of the games. So, we were, we were playing a team called Comets, um, who were basically it was either us or them that were going to win the league, and they played it. This it's called the Santos Stadium. It's a beautiful, perfect pitch. It's got a state a running stadium around the outside of it. Anyway, the game was being recorded, and uh, it got to about twenty five minutes from the end. And we were two new up, and uh, the ball's gone out for a goal kick. Now I don't know if you can remember the old Wembley, but it used to have like fifty meters of no man's land between the back of the goal and I the do. and the stand. <laughs> so it was very similar. So the ball the ball went out for a goal kick, and it was on its way down about forty five meters away. And one of the youngsters has gone. He's gone. I'll get it. And he started running. And I said, No, stop. I said, I'll get it. Thought use my experience, waste a bit of time. I'm going to walk. So. <laughs> I started to trot and I was just trotting away and something caught my eye to the left of me and I turned around and when I turned back, it was a training goal and it was, but it was laying face down. So the back staunchion that usually on the ground was up the other way. Six foot higher. Okay. And I've turned around and then I've turned around, I've hit it straight on the fall and it's took me straight off my feet. (laughs) 
bang on the floor, <laughs> and I'm laying there, and I was laying out, and I just thought, "Have you idiot?" And I couldn't, and I thought, "I can't feel anything stinging," so I haven't cut my head open, and um, and all I could hear was someone, was some people laughing in the stand, right? <laughs> so I've got up after they've come out. I had this massive egg on my forehead, like stick stuck out a mile. And uh, the physio's come running on and he's, he's gone, Andy, and he was a Spanish fella called um, Carlos. He's gone, Andy, he said, he says, you all right? You all right? And he said, oh, my God. I said, what's up? He said, your head, you've got an egg on your head. And he said, how many fingers have I got up? And he had two things. I said, five. And he's gone, oh, my God, call an ambulance. And I said, I'm joking. I'm all right. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> so anyway, the game's gone on. Game's finished. We won 3-0 in the end. Anyway, the game that they decided to show at the award tonight is this game. And I'm thinking to myself straight away. Oh, no. And it was about halfway through the night, and I'm thinking, oh, no. Oh, this is going to be embarrassing. <laughs> luckily, <laughs> luckily, it didn't make the cut. So, oh, good. <laughs> I'm glad to see it. <laughs> well, I'm yeah, glad. It was, bit, it was a bit embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I'm glad you, you told that. That's really nice. All right. I'll stop that now. That's the second recording. <laughs> from me Thank here you, at Belmont Banter and Andy Skinner, the other side of the world, literally the other side of the world. Yeah, yeah no, been thank a you great very much. Chat, Andy, I thoroughly enjoyed it. This is going to make people me smile, too. it really will. Yeah, and give my best to everybody down there, won't you? Please, and uh, pass on my regards to everybody down at Whitstable. And, uh, and I promise that when I come back next time, I'm going to come down and see everybody. So. I, don't need to, I don't need to say it, you've just said it, mate. Well done. Thank Lovely. You. Thanks, Thanks Tony. Very much. <laughs> Thanks very much, everyone, from me and Andy, and uh, I'll see you again soon. Cheers. Thanks, Tony. See you, mate. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. They are providers of optical fibre services to the telecoms industry, specialising in optical fibre provision, local and long haul. We offer a full turnkey solution to our clients throughout London and the south of England. Contact us through the website for more details. Your host, Tony Rouse, every week on Belmont Banter. The news about local football in Kent and beyond. I do hope that you've enjoyed today's episode of Belmont Banter. Don't forget there's a new episode out every week which comes out on a Sunday night, early Monday morning. And you can leave your suggestions for a guest to invite at the end. And leave a like and don't forget to pass it on to all your mates. Cheers.